read something to you. Let me read something to you. Let me read something to you. Hundreds of years before the Messiah suffered, bled, and died, the great prophet Isaiah wrote a prophecy foretelling his coming. And he wrote this. This is hundreds of years before. He wrote, he was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took upon himself our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Lord have mercy. But the story doesn't stop there. Richie, the story doesn't stop there. You see... He was placed in a borrowed tomb. The enemy thought that he had won because the Savior who came to rescue the world could not even rescue himself. But what the enemy did not realize is that God had a plan. And that plan manifested itself on the third day because all of a sudden the body of Jesus began to move. He began to breathe. The stone was rolled away and the resurrection and the life walked out. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. Hope has a name. Goodness has a name. Great has a name peace has a name and that name is Jesus somebody help me preach and that victory that was given 2,000 years ago was not just an event that was good for that day but that same victory that was given that day called resurrection is good even now. Somebody look at your neighbor and give to them the title of today's message, even now. Look at somebody else and say, even now. The resurrection works even now. When you find yourself in a low place, even now the resurrection works. When you find yourself hurt, even now the resurrection works. When you find yourself at, not at peace, even the resurrection today, even now works. When you find yourself down and out, the resurrection works even now. If y'all ain't careful, y'all gonna start me to preach it. Even now, somebody say, even now. But here's the question that I have for you. Can you praise him in the even now moments? High five your neighbor. Say, even now. And then be seated. And then take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Two of y'all, three of y'all, four of y'all. Before this thing's over, I'm hoping Richie will get them up to like at least 50 that are excited about the word of the Lord. John chapter 11 is a narrative of scripture that I think that we can all relate to in so many different ways. It's a narrative of scripture that really can preach itself. 
However, what I want to do today is read a little and preach a little. Is that okay? Read and then preach. Read and then preach. Is that all right? While you're turning there, let me just say this. This is the final installment of a series called Caves. This series, we've been looking at different cave scenarios in the Bible where people found themselves in a down and out place. Like Moses, who hid in the cleft of the rock as the glory of God passed him by. And even in that even now moment, God gave to him the plan for the nation of Israel. It's like Elijah, who was in a cave, who wanted to die in this dark place in his life, lonely, depressed, discouraged. But the still, small voice of God whispered into that cave, calling Elijah out, and God hit the reset button in his life. Today, I want to talk about a cave experience that happened in Lazarus's life. But it's not just a cave experience that impacts or affects Lazarus, but his entire family and ultimately a village. So let me read to you part of the narrative just to give us some context to the conversation that we will have. But I want to pick up late in the narrative, towards the end of the narrative, in John chapter 11, verse 32. Somebody say verse 32. When this scene opens in verse 32, Lazarus is dead. Jesus is at the tomb with Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, are really confused and hurt. They're mourning. They found themselves in an even now situation. But more confused as to why Jesus didn't come earlier before Lazarus had died so that Lazarus would now be alive. He could have healed him, but now the situation is gone from bad to worse, from fixable to impossible. Look what happens in verse 32. It says, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you had been here, isn't it amazing how we think we're better at scheduling God's calendar than he is? How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's like, God, if you'll show up today, like at 5.30, today at 5.30 with my paycheck and a little bonus so I can pay my light bill. Or God, if you'll show up Friday night with Mr. Right because I'm sick of all the Mr. Wrongs. God, can you show up right, right, right now? There's this theme all throughout Scripture. You know that we read Scripture in retrospect, if you will, and so we read it as if all of these miracles took place instantaneously. But sometimes the theme of God is for the miracles to begin to, to brew and to stew so that one day there is this incredible miracle that takes place because God has worked it in his timing. But we like the immediate stuff. Preach that immediate stuff because I need to get out of that situation immediately. But you see, we operate in something called the chronos time, the chronological time. The Bible measures time in two ways. Chronos time, which is the chronological time, which is at 12 o'clock on Easter Sunday morning. That's the chronological time. But God operates in something called the Kairos. That is when the grace of God explodes on the scene and impacts that Kronos moment and causes it to become a God moment. Mm. 
hold that thought. So here is Mary saying, had you only been here, my brother would not have died. Is there anyone in here who would say you have questioned the timing of God at times in your life? Come on, raise your hand if you have. If you've questioned the timing of God, raise your hand. The rest of you sit there and just wax and polish your halo while the rest of us real people just get this message in us. It's like the old preacher would say, you know, you may not know how God's going to show up, but he's always on time. Some of you are like, no, he ain't. <laughs> no, he ain't. I don't know where he got that, but he ain't. <laughs> but look at verse 33. I'm going to show you something. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they replied. Verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Somebody said, it was a cave. Verse 39, he said, take away the stone. He said, take away the stone. Jesus spoke to the problem with a solution. Jesus gave a command to remove a man-made item that was placed in front of a tomb, in front of a cave. He gave that command, which came in the form of a solution which would solve the problem. What I love about God's word is that it always comes in the form of a solution. Can I teach for a minute? In Hebrews, it says that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That everything that we see is the result of his word. Hmm. In fact, if you look at the Bible, you will see that the very first word that is spoken from God comes in the form of a solution. In Genesis chapter 1, it says that God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and darkness hovered over its surface, and the Spirit hovered over the surface of the water, and God said, let there be light. He did not say, let there be this think tank who can put together a hypothesis to end this problem called darkness. He did not say grab all of the scientists that you can and come up with a solution for all of this stuff that we're looking at that is so dark. No, rather God said let there be light and light showed up. And Mary says, no, 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 don't, don't move the stone, Lord. Don't move the stone, Lord, because he's been dead. Lazarus has been dead for four days. He's stinking. Let me pause right here for a moment and let me take you back in the narrative to find out how they got to this place. Because some things unfolded that ultimately brought them to this place. Let me show you something. Go back to John chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. John 11, verse 1 says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany. Thank you, Carmen. That's not in the narrative. I was telling you. Seeing if you're following. The village of Mary and her sister Martha. 
This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Verse 3, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one that you love is sick. So the sisters sent word. Somebody say word. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. This is where it becomes theologically ironic, if you will. Think about this with me for a moment. The sisters sent a word to Jesus. Hold on for a second. Don't they call Jesus the word? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he became flesh and dwelt among us in the form of Jesus. So Jesus is the word. So the sisters sent a word to the word in hopes that the word would send a word of healing to them. Oh, my goodness. They sent a word, Jeremiah, to the word in hopes that the word would send a word to them. Because they knew that Jesus could heal from a distance. The reason why they knew Jesus could heal from a distance is because in Luke chapter 7, this centurion comes up to Jesus and says, Hey, listen, my servant is about to die. Can you please send a word? You don't have to go there. It's a long journey. But if you send a word, he'll be healed because everything is under your authority. And Jesus said, Go home because he's healed. Lord have mercy. The word always comes in the form of a solution. And so here they're saying, can you send a word? They're sending a word by messenger to the word in hopes that the word would send a word of healing. Verse 4, Jesus sends a word. Look at the word. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Hold on a second. The word is, this sickness will not end in death, but for God's glory, so that the Son of God will be glorified in it. This sickness will not end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will be glorified in it. Hold on a second. That's the word. It's a prophetic word, but grab hold of this. It's a prophetic word talking about some future event in the life of Lazarus. It is applicable to the life of Lazarus, who is really dead at this point, for some future event in his life. For this sickness will not end in death. It's for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will be glorified through it. It's a word that the word is sending into the future that will ultimately bring healing to Lazarus. But there's something deeper that's happening here. This is not just a word that is applicable to Lazarus. It's also a word that's applicable to the Son of God. Because you see where he says it is not something that will end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will be glorified through it. The Son of God, what he's talking about is at the end of this miracle, when Lazarus is healed, the Jews began to plot against Jesus because now they don't like him anymore. Now they want to kill him. So what Jesus is saying is not only will this word work for Lazarus, but it's going to work for me because I'm going to get up out of the grave. Mm, Lord have mercy. So Mary and Martha have sent this messenger to Jesus, tell the word to send a word. We need healing. We've done everything we can, and the Bible says that Jesus loves Lazarus. We've done all that we can. Tell, tell Jesus to send a word. And Jesus, we've done it all. I mean, he's, he's taken all of his antibiotics. He's had all of his shots, but nothing seems to be working. Can you imagine this conversation between the messenger and Jesus? Think about this with me. It's a two-day journey. Lazarus is about to die. The messenger comes up. He's like, 
I've been running for two days. Jesus. The one you love, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. We need a word. He's sick. We've done it all. He's been in and out of the ER. He's been in and out of the hospital. He's about to die, Jesus. If you don't come, you got to come. Jesus, the one you love is sick. Come on, send a word, send a word. Here I'm bringing a word to you, the word. Send a word of healing. Send a word. And Jesus goes, have you guys tried Vicks Vapor Rub? <laughs> no, y'all won't get that. No, here's what he said. Have, have you guys tried essential oils and placed it just, 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 just a little under your nose? Tell him to take a deep breath. Y'all thought that stuff y'all are peddling is brand new. It's been around for 2,000 years. He's like, yeah, yeah, we tried all that, Jesus. It didn't work. You need a word, Jesus. You need, you, you need to come because he, he's going to die. If you don't show up, he's going to die. He's going to be gone. He's going to die. We need a word, Jesus. And Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. But for the glory of God, it will bring glory to the Son of God. <laughs> mm. We need a word, Lord. Give us, give, us, give us the word. This sickness will not end in death. But for glory unto God, it will also caused the Son of Man to be glorified through it. This sickness will not end in death. I need you to grab this. This sickness will not end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will be glorified through it. We need a word, Lord, please give us a word so that he's healed of it. This sickness will not end in death, but for the Son of God, so for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will be glorified through it. <laughs> Come again. You don't understand. If you don't come on, and Jesus is like, I, I'm not going right now. Because I'm preaching here, people are being saved, and people are being healed, and I'm not going right now. This sickness, here's your word, this sickness will not end in death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God will be glorified through it. This sickness will not end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will be glorified through it. And don't you know that the messenger left dejected? He had to. He just left. Like, I thought, I thought Jesus loved I, I thought you loved, I, I, I thought you loved them. And the reason why we can come to that conclusion is because what Jesus, or what John tells us in, in, in the next verse, look at verse 5, it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Because he left dejected, not feeling loved, and so now John is trying to tell us that, that he did love them. But can I tell you something? Some of the greatest miracles come in the wait. But it's verse 6 that I have trouble with. Brian, it is verse 6 that theologically it confuses me. As Christians, it, 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 it just upsets the apple cart. Because look at verse 6. Verse 6, he says, So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. What? He loves Lazarus, but 
when he could go and help Lazarus, when it was fixable, he didn't. He stayed where he was at, and now the situation is no longer fixable. It's impossible. Now the situation cannot be fixed. And you know that Mary and Martha were like, why didn't he come? He missed his time. He missed it. it it's, it's too, 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 too late. I, I, don't, I don't know who this is for, but, but you feel the same way. You feel like God has missed his time. You feel like he's missed the timing. You're wondering why he hasn't shown up yet because you're operating in the chronos. But could it be that God is not operating according to your chronological preferences, but rather he's going to use your even now moment to set up the Kairos moment? Did you grab that? Could it be that God is not operating according to your chronological preferences, but rather he's using your even now moment to set up the Kairos moment where he comes in and explodes on the scene and begins to give you the miracle that you've been longing for. But you've got to wait for that miracle because right now it might be a healing, but later it's going to be a resurrection. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second, hold on. But, but you don't understand it because you're thinking God has missed it. You're thinking God has missed it. Why hasn't he already done something? You're thinking that it's all over. But can I tell you something? You don't understand it. But what you do need to understand is that God has a plan. And the Bible says his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And, and, and just as rain does not return back to heaven without first watering the earth, so is his word that it will not return void. This sickness will not end in death but for the glory of God so that the Son of God will be glorified through it. So in other words, you already have have your word. The word is the resurrection. You need to stand upon the word. Some of you need to stop looking at your watch and start believing in his word. Lord, have mercy. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, stop looking at your watch. Somebody in the back said, you think you saw me looking at my watch? I'm hungry, you know. <laughs> but watch what happens. Look at this. Verse 7. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. It's a two-mile or two-day hike. But Rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back. And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Verse 11, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. They don't want to go back. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Now, hang on a second. So the messenger sends the word that Lazarus is sick. Jesus gives the word that this sickness will not end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will be glorified through it. Then we see that Lazarus is asleep. Verse 14, though, says, Lazarus is dead. Grab that. Sick, will not end in death, asleep, he gone. So Jesus makes the journey back to Bethany, this two-day journey. When he gets there, he meets Martha. Martha's really confused. She's like, you didn't show up in time. He gone. Why don't you just go on and stay where you were at? Because he gone. It's over. He's gone. That's where some of you are at. You're like, he's gone. Why, why, Jesus, why didn't you show up early? Why didn't you show up before my lights got cut off? Why didn't you show up before my husband walked out? He gone. It's, it's, he gone, Jesus. <laughs> Look at verse 21. Look what she says. Let me show you this. Verse 21. 
Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. He's gone. You waited too long. But, but look at verse 22. Hold on a second. Verse 22. But I know that even now. What? But I know what? But I know what? But I know what? Can I get some help? But I know what? But I know what? But I know even now. <laughs> but I, listen to this, this statement of faith. But I know even now God will give you whatever you ask. I, it's a statement of faith. There is something about an even now praise. There is something about an even now praise that, that when God shows up, your life may be as smelly as that of Lazarus. You may be in the tomb yourself. But when God shows up through an even now praise, something begins to happen. Can you praise God in the even now? Can you praise God when you're unemployed even now? Can you praise God when the doctor has given you a bad report even now? Can somebody give God an even now kind of praise because it's that praise that cause, you might not know how it's going to happen but even now God can do something somebody help me and give God an even now kind of praise she said even now even now even now even now that you're unemployed even now that you're sick even now that the doctor has said this even now then look what happens in the very next verse. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Oh, Lord, have mercy. She said, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into this world. Hold on a second. She said, I, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Martha said, I know he'll, I know he'll, I know that he will rise in the last day. Jesus said, no, 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 Martha, you don't understand. I am the resurrection. I don't just know about the resurrection. I don't just have a knowledge of the resurrection. I haven't just studied the resurrection. I haven't been told about the resurrection. I am the resurrection. You're not catching this. What he is saying to Martha is, Martha, you're looking for an event. But the resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is who I am. So when Martha starts to get this in her spirit, watch this. It says, after she said this, or after she said this, she went, look at this, verse 28, back and called her sister Mary aside. Mary didn't even come out to meet Jesus to begin with. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up, they went out and they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Hold on a second. Here is Mary running out, 
getting into the posture of worship and even now kind of praise. But grab hold of this. I don't know if in the 21st century woman that we would necessarily respond that way. Had you been here, it'd be more like hand on your hip. Had you been here, speak to the hand. You didn't show up, Jesus. Now he gone. You need gone. You need gone yourself. I thought, you know what? Hold on a second. Mary didn't even go out to meet him when he was first there. Then I began to think, hang on, there's got to be something about that. And so I began to look up Mary's name. And what I found out is that Mary's name has several meanings. One of the secondary meanings to the name Mary means bitter. Could it be that there was something bitter in Mary's heart that had to be dealt with before God could move? Mm. So now she's fallen at his feet. She's praising the Lord. And now it is no longer proclamation, but it's about to be demonstrated. Look what happens. Pick it up in verse 33. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied, and Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? Some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Hold on a second. John is very specific in his gospel that Jesus was deeply moved. Three different times. Jesus was moved and troubled. Jesus wept. Then just before he said, take the stone away, it says that Jesus was deeply moved again. So we see the compassion of Christ, but then that second time that it says Jesus was deeply moved, that is a Greek term, embrise mastai, which means to snort like an angry horse. Snorting Jesus. So hold on a second. Why would that word be used to describe Jesus at this moment? We see compassionate Jesus, but now we see angry Jesus. Why? Some preachers preach, and I think sometimes this is wrong, but they preach that we see the compassion of Christ, but then Jesus was angry at all of the mourners who were there because they had no faith. No. I think the reason why Jesus was angry is because he was trying to show these people who were there that the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, and his anger was directed to the enemy. So he said, in the form of a solution, he said, take the stone away. Take the stone away. I don't know who this is for, but take that man-made item away that somebody has rolled in front of his tomb that represents finality and closure because I'm not done. Take the stone away. Take the stone, roll the stone away. You see, the thing that others have placed upon you, done to you, said about you, or doing to you at this moment, you can take those things away because Jesus Christ has came. He is the resurrection and the life. He has come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So he's saying when other people tell you that that cannot be done, that even now God causes the resurrection to work in your life.
but something happens after that. Grab hold of this. Take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people who are standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Hold on a second. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. It says that Jesus spoke into the cave and, and, and Lazarus walked out of the cave. Why? Because Jesus can bring dead things back to life. The Bible says that God can speak to things that are not as though they are. So he said to the cave that David was in, it's time to come out. He said to the cave that Elijah was in, it's time to come out. He said to the cave that, that Lazarus was in, you come on out and take off the grave clothes. Take off everything that makes you look like you are dead. Take off the insecurity. Take off the fear. Take off the pain. Take off the sin. Take off your past. And the same word that bounced off the cave for Lazarus and fell on his spirit and caused him to get up is the same word that will fall on you when the enemy is trying to keep you in the cave and God will bring you out. Somebody get up on your feet. Begin to give God praise because he is your hope. He is your help. He is your breakthrough. He is your tomorrow. He is even now. Even now. Even now. What I love is Lazarus came stumbling out of the grave. Couldn't see a thing. Face was wrapped all up. Jesus said, take off the grave clothes. In other words, Jesus doesn't want to just bring dead things back to life. He wants to remove the things in your life that make you look dead. Even now, even now, even now in your sickness, even now in your plight, even now in your problem, even now in your difficulty, even now, somebody help me shout, even now, even now the resurrection works because it's not an event. It is God himself who wants to give you life and more abundance.